Uh, well, this is just ridiculously exciting. 50! This is the 50th Passion Pod. I know, I'm rather, I'm a bit overexcited with myself. The most frustrating thing about it, though, is that actually I could have done 500 if I was an octopus or had, like, seven heads. There are so many people doing amazing things. Uh, So 50 feels like a small little number. But just for one little person churning them out, I'm quite pleased with that. So in celebration of 50, you know, it's quite a big one. I thought, why, well, what are we going to do? Maybe we'll get someone in that's a little bit more mainstream that maybe slightly more people have heard of. You know, I like to mix things up. So I went for hire cars and cardboard boxes. You know, quite the combo. It's like cheese and pickle, right? They go together. Yeah, well, they do for Brett Acker. He's the founder of Streetcar and more recently the founder of Love Space. Uh, And this is brilliant. My favourite thing about this passion pod is that Brett actually had no idea what he was going to start the business on. The only thing he knew is that he wanted to run his own business. Uh, For me, that is just amazing that something like Streetcar can come out of the idea of solely just wanting to work for yourself and run your own thing. So I thought that was pretty worthy of the inspiration of a 50th passion pod. What do you reckon? I want a bit of a sorry. We sound a little bit like we're underwater or maybe in a very small tin can. Ever professional. Uh, So apologies about that. Anyway, that's quite enough nattering. I'm going to leave you to it. You're listening to Passion Pod number 50 with Brett from Love Space. So you're number 50, by the way. Oh, this is quite a big thing for me. Um, bless you. <laughs> so founder of Streetcar, founder of Love Space. Yep. If you were at like a dinner party, in like a couple of sentences, how would you sort of hope they were describing what, what you guys did? Ooh. I hope they would uh, describe it as the UK's first and largest storage by the box business. Um, we pick up and drop off to people's doors and they can store from one thing at a time. So versus the sort of more traditional self-storage guys, it's far more flexible and far cheaper as well for people just storing a few items. Um, oh, that's good. Bang on. Um, <laughs> tell me, how on earth does one come up with an idea like that or set up a business that does that? Give me a little timeline of how Love Space um, was born. Love Space, uh, I'm not really clever enough to come up with two different concepts. So Love Space is actually very similar to, to Streetcar, despite it sounding quite different. I mean, what Streetcar did to car rentals is what Love Space tries to do to traditional self-storage. So the key difference is being with streetcar versus car rental, you could take a car for an hour at a time versus 24 hours with car rental. Uh, and the other aspect is it was convenient in that you, you could book the car, walk a minute down the road, swipe your card and away you go. So the sort of convenience and the price aspect were the two key differences. Similarly with Love Space, the fact that we come to your door, we pick up, drop off, you don't, all you have to do is pack a box or pack a suitcase the rest of it is done by us, means that it's far more convenient and flexible than traditional self-storage where you might have to rent a car to go and take all your stuff out of town to to a self-storage unit. And similarly, being able to store one box at a time means that you actually only pay for what you store rather than taking a very big room that might only be half full. So the concept of Love Space was born through a conversation between myself and the first angel investor into streetcar all very incestuous well great Um, once you've got your network you know (laughs) his background was self-storage so basically his background was self-storage my background was streetcar and it's effectively putting those two businesses together to create love space that's great well it makes complete sense when you say it like that it's just like (laughs) oh yeah well boom 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 it's as easy as that yeah or not (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay or not so what has been the challenge because obviously streetcar was hugely successful starting something new again 
um, and as a totally new idea, I imagine that in itself is quite a challenge, even though you say that the models are fairly similar. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think operationally, it's possibly a slightly easier business in that, you know, we can be national from day one, that you couldn't be with streetcar, and every time that we look to expand into a sort of new market with Love Space within the UK, then it's very much sort of an online thing rather than having to put down a chunk of metal each time. An actual car. Yeah, an actual car. Car versus a cardboard box, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that one. <laughs> so, um, so from that side, I think it's an easier business. Having said that, I think it's probably a harder business to actually market because with Streetcar, with zero marketing budget, we were able to quite effectively target potential members in that... You know, myself and, and Andy, who I founded the business with, would go outside tube stations in the morning when people were going to work and hand out some flyers. And when they came back in the evening, we would hand out some flyers. And we knew that 90% of those people were potential members because they either didn't own a car or they were taking the tube into work every single day and back. And therefore, if they did own a car, they were sitting outside their house depreciating for at least five days a week. Easy target Easy for to, you. Yeah, exactly. And I think with, with Love Space, it's, it's slightly different. I think there's certain markets where you can target very, very effectively and, and relatively easily. Um, but, there's, but there's other markets that are far harder and you've got to think a little bit more creatively in terms of, in terms of how you target those. So for us, partnerships are, are very, very important. And we've got partnerships with the likes of Mothercare, which helps us target sort of expecting or, or new parents, um, with the likes of Oxfam as well, which has worked really, really well. So that's great in terms of raising awareness of the brand. Um, and also, I think with any startup early stage business, there's an element of trust or lack of trust with potential consumers. And being able to partner with very well-known brands in the UK definitely sort of helps people get over that sort of that trust barrier with a with a startup like ours. That's such good advice that because it means that people just yeah instantly they're they're associating it with the okay because you're with the big big names that they know. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's right. And we always we've, from day one we've always tried to put a sort of face to the business. So if you go onto the site, you see the people actually behind the business, whether that be the board of directors or the management team or you know everyone in the office is, is pretty much on the site. So I think, again, that builds trust with potential customers. Yeah, faces. It's all about that. It's all great this digital, <laughs> but people need a bit of human. Um, I also wonder, just hearing you talk then, do you think, because obviously this is your sort of second big one, timing-wise, when you were setting up Streetcar, was there as much openness to startups? I mean, there wasn't in the same way as there is now. I mean, do you think? No, yeah, no, I'd definitely say that's true. I think um, early stage business and startups have been really promoted pretty heavily recently. I think, you know, with, with the situation that we've been in as an economy in the UK and, and the words coming from government in terms of, you know, how we're going to get out of this recession was through startups and early stage businesses. So there's been a lot, lot more focus um, from central government, from local government, and also from from funders. So I think it's it's definitely a different environment. I mean, at the time we were, I'm sure there were loads of startups, and of course there were loads of startups, but there seems to be much more of a buzz around startups um, nowadays. Um, yeah, because it's not just necessarily your experience, perhaps, is what I'm thinking. It's also, you know, the timing at which, because obviously you went through it all with streetcar, so that's going to stand anyone in good stead. Yeah, so definitely the time to start stuff now. Yeah, it's definitely time to start something. I think you know having streetcar behind me has definitely helped with, I think initial conversations. You know, getting getting again, it's that trust again, the, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, getting the foot in the door when you're speaking to potential suppliers or partners, whatever mm. it might be. I think having that experience behind you definitely definitely has helped. 
So in terms of how you funded these, when you set up Streetcar Love Space, were you in, well, Love Space, I imagine, slightly different after the success of Streetcar, but were you in work when you set up Streetcar? No. So whilst we were doing some of the research and business planning, we were both in work then, but we both left our jobs uh, three or four months prior to launch. So we were full-time, 100% on Streetcar for three or four months before we launched the business. We knew that there was an awful lot that we needed to do pre-launch. That so you could do, you, know, you could do a certain amount in the evenings and weekends, but at some stage we needed to bite the bullet. And it was, yeah, the decision was made, it was Christmas. So we launched in the April 2004 and it was Christmas was our decision-making time was it you know are we going to do this and resign and leave our jobs or are we going to carry on doing our doing our corporate job so decision made in in december that's a good christmas present for your wife <laughs> happy christmas <Yes>. darling <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be beans luckily for her she wasn't on the scene then, so <laughs> good I, girl. I only had to look after myself just about Thanks probably for. easier <laughs> yeah so did you do funding for for streetcar then so streetcar so we launched streetcar with just, just ourselves, so with savings, etc. So we launched Streetcar with £60,000. And then we had an angel come in, who was one of our members at the time, about nine months later, to put in, I think he put in £200,000. Um, and then that lasted us another couple of years. So we actually did one big round where we got the three and a half million in from Smedley Capital, who have also invested in Love Space, actually, as well. Okay. Um, and that was the only sort of big financing round that we did through, through a VC. Um, and what about Love Space? The same, well, that was mainly from this VC. So, so Love Space, we launched, I launched it with my business partner, Carl um, August Amel, who was the angel investor into Streetcar, who'd put in 200,000 into Streetcar in the, in the early days. So, so, we launched Love Space through our funding and Smedvig as well came in. So, that's how we launched the business. And then last year, we went through a crowdfunding. Round. So very different. Um, very different. I mean, crowdfunding is a fairly new phenomenon. When Streetcar, when we raised money, our choices were angel investment or VC, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, um, God, you think about what it's like now. Yeah, it's so great. There's, many, you know, there's loads of different things. And crowdfunding, it worked really well for us. Uh, we used Crowdcube. Um, it was really successful. But the, and the other thing is, it's not just about the money coming in. You've suddenly got... You know, we've got 240 shareholders, but they're all you know, advocates of the brand and they're talking about the brand and, and that's something that you don't get through any other form of financing. That's such a good point. No one's ever said that before. It's great. So raising awareness yeah. is really, really useful. Um, so advice. I bet you get asked that all the time. But if you were to think of a couple of bits of advice that you wish you'd been given when you started either Streetcar or you started Love Space, what bits of advice do you wish you'd been given? You've... I'm not sure whether I wish I had personally given it, but I think you know one thing is you need to be 100% committed to what it is that you're doing. I think there's no, I don't know any startup story that is just a fairly smooth curve upwards. If it is, it's a big Pinocchio nose. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's either very rare or yeah, or a big Pinocchio nose. You know, that just doesn't exist. So even successful businesses go through huge ups and downs and if you're not 100% into it and it's not literally your life then when you get those downs it, it can be very easy actually just to, to walk away from it um, and so you've got to be you know, fully fully committed um, to the business and I've had and, that, and that's from pre-launch right through to you know to launch and grow the business I've had lots of friends come to me and say they're thinking of starting a business and I said great you know what are you doing about it and said well I'm thinking of starting with this chap and 
we meet once a month and we discuss ideas and stuff. And I'm there thinking, you know, that's, or I say to them, that's, you're never going to start a business. You're never going to start a business. And when myself and Andy started talking about Streetcar, we were meeting three evenings a week after our sort of nine to six corporate jobs and every weekend just to go through ideas. And that was, you know, for nine months before we actually launched the business. So you've got to be just fully 100% in. Fired up, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and with a startup, you know, if you want to know what you're doing each day, if you want to have structure to your role, then startup life isn't it? Smile you later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's not to say there's anything wrong with that other, you know, it's not for everyone. Startup life isn't for everyone. Um, you know, I get a lot of people coming to me saying, you know, I don't know what to do. Should I start my own business or should I, you know, stay with my corporate job? Each person's different. There's a lot to be said for staying in the corporate corporate world. It's not just you know job security, but also if you like structure and you want to know what you're doing on a daily basis, then then that's the the right position for you. If you actually want a blank piece of paper and come in not knowing quite what's going to happen, or even if you have a business at the end of the day, then uh, the startup life's for you. You're really selling it, Dom. <laughs> really selling it. Um, no, it's really good to have that balance as well, to have both sides of it, because it is just a bit of a reality check of it, because it's like the thing to do now. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, you know. no, I, th- I think that's definitely the case. And, and you know, that's a great thing. And, and I could, I've got to say, I, I loved, when I went to Mars, I absolutely loved it. I couldn't go back. Once you've done it, I think you've probably got the bug. I could never, I could never go back to, to that life. That's really interesting. Can you just tell me a bit about that bit then before streetcar? So is Mars what you did off the back of school? So, so I left, um, so from uni, I joined a small uh, recruitment firm for a couple of years. Um, and that was really interesting. I sort of was responsible for a brand new area of that. So it's quite an entrepreneurial sort of role within a recruitment firm. And I really enjoyed it, but I, I knew that it wasn't going to be for me long term. And I very nearly started my own business after that, but just thought I didn't have sort of anything really, I didn't have any skills. And, and so Mars was very well sort of known for its training programs, etc. Um, and, and so I joined there and I absolutely loved it. It's a fantastic company to work for. I've still got friends that, you know, from, from Mars days, but, you know, I was always wanting to start my own business at some stage. And Andy, who I started Streetcar with, we had conversations, you know, originally at 18 years old at university about starting a business together. So that sort of... It kept, was, kept ticking over. You yeah, kept, amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're so lucky with that because I think finding a partner can be so often the challenge, isn't it? So it was always sort of obvious to you guys from sort of 18 that one day that was going to happen. It was just finding the timing and, yeah. so and we, the right um, thing. Yeah, no, exactly. So we, we, had, we had our first conversation at university and, and then we had a conversation, I guess three years post-uni that was a bit more serious. And Andy was actually working in South Africa for several years. But then as soon as he came back to the UK, that's when we actually said, right, well, let's properly think about this and, and have a look at it. But I think you're right. I mean, again, people say, should I go in with a business partner or should I go in on my own? And there's no right or wrong answer. I think both of us found it really useful having a partner to launch a business with. And I think why it worked really well between us is that we both had our skills and both had our weaknesses and they were very complementary. So I think if you had two people that were fantastic at marketing and that was their key strengths and they had similar weaknesses, that's where you sort of bang your heads together and potentially it won't work. However, Andy and I, as I say, had very, very different skill sets, albeit we wanted the same thing for the business at the end of the day. Actually, deep down, we were probably fairly similar people, but on the outside, in terms of our skills, they were very different and, and complementary, which is why it worked so well. Yeah, no, I can see that. And was Streetcar always the idea? No, no, God, we... Uh, we didn't have an idea at all. So when we, when we met up, we were talking about wanting to do a business. We knew that, we didn't know what it was going to be. So we talked through 
you know, niches in the market, trends in the market, what was happening to the population, you know, all these sorts of things to try and work out what it is that we were doing. We talked about business ideas, we talked about organic food, we talked about importing wine, we talked oh about my God, everything. Some random stuff. And then it streaked up, it was, it was pure luck, really. We were reading a business magazine um, and read about car sharing in Europe and North America, just an article about it, and just thought, you know, London in particular, the UK, but London in particular, should be the best, if not one of the best you know, markets in the world for this thing. And that's where, you know, we read that article and then did all of our research around it. Um, and then we launched, yeah, sort of six to nine months later. I just love that. That's so wicked. Um, I've started a new thing in the last couple of ones called the Startup Satchel. If you've got a better name, please feel free to let me know. It's nice. I don't know what it does it. Sure. Um, so in it, at the moment, I'm asking people to put um, inspiration. It can come in any guise, by the way. Um, invention of anything, could be anything. Um, and then a person. Very boring. Great, love a bit of boring. <laughs> Very boring. My inspiration for everything in terms of streetcar in terms of last space in terms of everything I've done has been about family so for me you know when we started streetcar it was all about the challenge and wanting to grow a business but the end goal was always to try and do well enough to bring up I'm mean, a single at the time so it's a very forward <laughs> thinking um, but uh, you know just to, to bring up my, my children my family and, and give them the life that I was lucky enough to have when I was a child and, and that has basically been, I've sort of said that's what I want from life since I was sort of 17 or 18 years old. So that's, for me, that was the inspiration. I never wanted to build a business, sell a business, retire to the beach or anything like that. That's that's, that's never been part of it. So Not yet, Brett. <laughs> so if I, uh, if I was put something in a satchel, then it would probably be a picture of my wife and my daughter. And Brilliant. That would, uh, Boom, that's good. Me through the day. <laughs> I guess the extra brownie points. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, okay, what about invention? What invention would you put in? Uh, something that I like to have with me at all times. I think, oh God, it's, something, it's probably quite a lame one, but something like my original iPod um, I would have with me because I am, oh, I, I, my music taste is, is pretty weird, but it's pretty wide-ranging as well. So Great, it's the I've best type. A lot, a lot of music, and I love my music, and therefore just having it all in this one, albeit, now it looks quite chunky. Uh, <laughs> brick of an ha- iPod. Yeah, having, having it in one brick of an iPod where I've got my thousands and thousands of crap songs, crap music. Um, that's probably all I'd have. Amazing. Um, and then what about a person? Or are you going to tie that in with your family? I would. Um, and probably my... Can I have two? Can yeah. I have my mum and dad in there? Yeah, love so it. Ever expanding. Is this going to come across soon? It's not. It's lush. I love it. You're talking to the wrong crowd. I'm so close to my family, so I totally get it. If no one else does, Brett, I love it. Uh, but again, they they you know they gave me the inspiration. So they work for themselves. They had their own business. So I think I was always going to sort of head down that route. But again, for them, the most important thing in their lives, without a shadow of a doubt, was the family. It was me and my brother. And, you know, they would work for themselves, they would work all hours that God sent. However, on a Wednesday afternoon, that was sacred time to watch me play my rubbish football. Amazing. Wherever I was in the country. So, you know, they would, you know, they, they might have a long business meeting planned for Wednesday afternoon. I'm really sorry, I can't do that because we've got to go and watch, watch my, my youngster playing football. So, <laughs> my youngster <laughs> lose 12-0. Yeah, yeah, and playing goal and let in 12 goals, yeah. 
God, that's really impressive. That's so, really impressive. So yeah, that would that would be it, and, and that's what you know. And, and they they did that for me, and they gave me a fantastic start to life. You know, if I can if I can give that to my child or children, then you know I'll die a happy man. Oh, doll, love it. My heart's like. Oh. You've been listening to Passion Pod number fifty with Brett from Love Space. Thanks so much for listening and for celebrating 50 Passion Pods. There's a whole load more if you like that online, passionpods.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, unoriginally Passion Pods. Just search it, it will come up. Next time, all about arts and space and community, that kind of vibe. That's what we got for you next week. But in the meantime, hooray for 50 Passion Pods. Here's to the next 50.